Hey, this is Jonathan. We're back with another episode of Telescope. And I'm here with our senior editor, Catherine St. Louis. And we were just talking about the technology that we've been using to communicate with each other in lockdown over the past three months. Zoom. I like so hate it. (laughs) Zoom is like the bane of my existence. I feel like I've spent the last few months complaining about it and all the glitches. And as a parent, all I'm doing is helping my fifth grader with each class. And every like fifth or sixth class, he has trouble getting into Zoom. He spends a good half hour freaking out. I have to stop my work and help him with his. Zoom takes a lot of handholding. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And like you and I are the two members of the staff who have children, like my son's two. So it's a totally different situation. But, you know, my son has gotten in the habit lately of every time I'm on the phone, just like walking up and grabbing my face and screaming as loud as he can. Not really (laughs) conducive of like video conferencing situations. But for you and I, I think the other part of it too is that whenever we've had these conversations, we've also acknowledged that like for us, this is an inconvenience. But what we have continued to see in the reporting that's coming out over the past several weeks is that for a lot of people, it's way more than an inconvenience. Like the stakes of the digital divide are so much higher depending on where you are, your background, your situation. Yeah, exactly. I've been complaining about Zoom for months, right? I hate how it's glitchy. It's super exhausting. And then I talked to this one college student who made me realize just how easy I have it and how I really have nothing to complain about. The deaf community, it is two times exhausting. Even after every Zoom, I'm just like, I'm going to lay down. I'm tired from just overworking, having to really intensely focus. From Neon Hum Media, this is Telescope. I'm your host, Jonathan Hirsch. And Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for the foreseeable future, we're going to bring you stories of people who are far away, up close, and how each of us are learning to live through this pandemic. Gracie Baltazar is an ideal student. She doesn't text her friends in class, and she'd never watch a movie in the back row instead of listening. She sits in the front row, and from the jump, she lets her professors know she needs their help. And go, hi, my name's Gracie Baltazar. I'm deaf. I'm profoundly deaf. I have cochlear plants so I can hear you. However, I will not get everything you say in class. I rely heavily on lip reading. And if your back is facing the class, I'm lost. Because sometimes they like to turn around and write on the board. And they're talking at the exact same time. I'm gone. There will always be parts of class she didn't catch. So Gracie has all sorts of life hacks to make the University of Houston work for her. She sits in the front row. She sometimes asks the professor to repeat something she didn't understand. And she has a wingman. He transcribes everything that happens in class. 
I have a captionist most of the time sitting next to me or in another part near the wall because they need an electronic plug, you know, to charge your computer, which is fine because after class they send me the transcription of notes. So if there was a certain time when I was just like lost. I'm able to read over the notes after most of every single class when I try to go over the notes and go, oh, so that's why I misunderstood. Gracie is no slouch. She's a double major. She's already finished her bachelor's degree in communication disorders. And this spring, she's finishing her psychology degree. But people still underestimate her. I've had people go, you're so smart. And like in a surprise tone. And I was just like, why are you surprised? (laughs) Um, Just random people too. Or they just have this like look of shock on their face when they, after... I say, I'm deaf. They're all, oh, wow, you're so smart. That's part of the reason why I push myself so hard because I'm trying to show them, hey, you know, yes, as an African-American woman who is deaf, yeah, I can do this. There's no limit to me. I just need a little extra accommodation, but I'm good to go. Gracie's proud to be deaf. To be clear, she can hear some things. She has cochlear implants in both ears. They're these electronic devices that partially restore hearing. But with or without those implants, being deaf is who Gracie is. It's a big part of her identity. Part of the reason why I'm so outspoken and like standing up for myself is because people make assumptions just because I can talk and I can listen to you and I can hear things because I have cochlear implants. So then they're like, so you're not deaf, Mama. Yes, I am. But you can hear. So oftentimes, sometimes it's back and forth of, I am deaf. Yes, I understand you're confused because I can hear. Just because I can hear you and I'm talking does not mean I'm a hearing person. Personally, I don't see myself as a hearing person. At the end of the day, when I take off my implants, I can't hear anything at all. It might sound obvious, but not all deaf people feel the same way. There's so many different kinds of people in deaf community. There's a little D deaf and there's a big D deaf. Little D is you, yes, on paper, you're hard of hearing, you're deaf, but you don't really 100% define yourself as part of the deaf community. Big D deaf means you are completely identify yourself as a deaf person. You have pride in the deaf community. And I consider myself big D. Gracie's mom and her stepfather live in Houston, actually. So she could have stayed home and commuted to college. But they all agreed Gracie should live in the dorms. They just want me also have independence. So they wanted me to grow as a person. I did grow as a person, kind of living on my own on a college campus. You know, and as a deaf person, as a person with disability, I really appreciated that because sometimes people assume you stay at home with your family all the time. You don't have a sense of independence. But when COVID hit, Gracie didn't really have a choice. She has an autoimmune disease that makes her high risk. So she has to be especially careful. And even without a global pandemic, college dorms are giant Petri dishes. Narrow hallways, shared bathrooms, doorknobs that dozens of people touch daily. I was just like, I am not okay with living on campus. And luckily, U of H made an option of getting partial refunds from moving out. So it wasn't really of a hard decision. 
she packed up her dorm room and moved home. And then she got some very bad news. The University of Houston was going virtual. Classes were moving online. Her first thought? Panic. (laughs) There is a term that's called death anxiety. And for me, I get anxious every time if I have to talk to somebody on the phone, especially if I know it's a deep voice on the phone, I get anxiety because I just know I may not understand you. And so that anxiety doubled when I first found out. Sitting in the front row of a lecture hall, Gracie could read lips and get by more or less. But reading lips through Zoom, that was a whole different challenge. Gracie had no idea if she'd be able to understand her professors or other students. And I just immediately called Center for Students with Disabilities, and they were listening to me. I had a counselor there, and she was just listening to me. And I said, how is this going to work? There's no captions from what I know on some of these platforms. How do I know how I'm going to understand the professor? How is this going to work? A lot of people are working from home these days or doing school remotely. We love to hate on Zoom. It can get slow or glitchy, And usually, it's kind of annoying. But for Gracie, a glitchy video makes school nearly impossible. Sometimes, internet connection breaks up the camera. And so then the camera freezes. And I'm just like, I can't read your lips anymore. And the camera on the Zoom likes to switch back and forth between people talking. So it doesn't help if a person has audio on, but then they're making noise in the background. So the audio and the camera keeps jumping back onto them, taking away from the actual speaker. So then that was a little bit of a challenge for me because I try not to get frustrated because I know they're not doing it intentionally, but it makes it a little bit harder work. It's draining. Video calling takes away nonverbal cues. So on Zoom, people really have to pay attention to words. Even hearing people are saying, Zoom is exhausting. And I'm just like, imagine what it's like for us, the deaf community, it is two times exhausting. Even after every Zoom, I'm just like, I'm gonna lay down. I'm tired from just overworking, having to really intensely focus. But just like with in-person classes, Gracie has adjusted, largely thanks to a familiar life hack, her captionist. She records her classes on Zoom and he quickly transcribes them. Another thing that helps? Some of her professors have taken the time to make sure their remote setups work for Gracie. My professors and I were doing trial lines before the entire class gets on Zoom. She's like, let's meet each other on Zoom. Do you understand me? Okay, let me go to a different room. Can you understand me clearly? The support has been a blessing, but the truth is going online has made one thing clear for Gracie. There's something she can't control. Some students have bad lighting. Others have bad Wi-Fi. And either of those things can make reading lips pretty impossible. It's just a lot of things that nobody can have control over. And that, to me, was scary. I like being able to have control on things when something goes wrong. Face-to-face class, I have plan A, plan B, plan C. Before coronavirus, Gracie avoided FaceTiming and video chat at all costs. But these days, she can't. This spring, when a professor announced they'd have to do online presentations, Gracie had to figure out how to tame the beast that Zoom. 
luckily, it was a group presentation. My group and I did practice trials. We kept practicing, practicing until I felt like I was okay with it. It did take her a minute to figure it out. And I just started freaking out. I was just like, oh my gosh, are they going to understand me? Am I going to be okay? How is this going to work? I ended up having an A on it. So I'm okay. School's been a challenge for sure. But life at home is different during a pandemic. It's scary. Gracie lives with her mom and stepdad in Texas, where things are starting to open up around them. But Gracie basically says she's not going out at all these days. Chances are I won't really see myself going anywhere until like late July, August. See, that just rolls off your tongue, but like listen to what you're saying. Like we are in late May and you're saying you're not going out for another two months. I have stayed at home for two months now. They're reopening things, restaurants, bars, gyms. You know, things are starting to become more relaxed in Texas. I still refuse to go anywhere. I don't want to risk anybody. And my stepdad is also an older person, too, so we can't put him at risk. Gracie hasn't gone grocery shopping since she got home. Her mom has handled it all. She's the only one in the household who isn't higher risk of dying of coronavirus. But there's another reason Gracie doesn't do the grocery run. A lot of people are wearing masks. It's just, for me as a deaf person, I rely on lip reading. With everyone wearing masks in public, Gracie's sort of shut out. It's almost like waking up in a foreign country where you don't speak a word of the language. As her graduation approached, Gracie made an exception and did head out of the house one day. Aranda's bakery was offering a free cake to any 2020 graduate. That was hard to pass up. Gracie went to the store to pick out the flavor, and she felt physically safe. Everyone was wearing a mask. But there was a cost. At the bakery, I could not tell if they were asking me questions. I could not tell if they were just making a comment or they were making a joke. (laughs) And I just said out loud, I'm deaf. I just need you to be patient with me. I am so sorry. I don't know how long this is going to be. And I got scared because I didn't want to frustrate anybody. But they were so patient. And um, I was pointing at things. And they were pointing at the menu, too. So at least that was helping me. The bakery employees and Gracie eventually figured out which cake she wanted. She went with Tres Leches Vanilla a rich, creamy cake soaked in three different kinds of milk. When it comes to picking out a free cake, time isn't of the essence, and it's fine if things move slowly. But Gracie worries about situations where that's not the case. For example, hospitals, when emergency care is needed. She thinks healthcare workers should have to have another kind of mask on hand there's a thing called Clear Mask. It's a company, a deaf-owned company, and it's literally just a clear mask so we can see your lips. And so that would be amazing if hospitals use that a lot more often. Um, Because if you have a patient who's deaf, who, God forbid, but unfortunately has the COVID-19, I can't only, I cannot imagine what position they're in. You know, all these nurses, doctors coming in with masks. It's scary because you don't understand what's going on. Even just getting up to speed on COVID was a challenge. Without a sign language interpreter, daily briefings are hard to follow. Lots of governors have one, 
but not the White House. Please have an ASL interpreter next to you so we can understand what the president is saying. This spring, a lot of seniors graduated from college with little pomp or circumstance. Ceremonies were postponed. Gracie had worked hard. She had graduated summa cum laude, so she decided to dress up anyway. I just told my parents, you know what, graduation ceremony or not, I'm still going to walk around with my cap and gown. I'm still going to do it. So I dressed up. I had this really cute polka dot jumper on, and then I had on my cap and gown and full face makeup and everything, high heels. The day turned into a celebration. My parents did an amazing job. I went downstairs, and they started recording me going down the stairs. They have the music, graduation music, I guess. I don't know where they got the music from. And um, balloons everywhere, and just like all of these different decorations on the table. My cake is there. My graduation presents were there. The president of University of Houston <laughs> gave a nod to class of 2020. And so we played that on TV. Hello, Cougars. Never did I think that I would have to address our graduating class from a computer because we are unable to be together. She was just like, you guys went through a lot of things, including Hurricane Harvey. And now you're graduating with this pandemic going on. It just shows how strong you guys are, how resilient you guys are, how you guys are able to bounce back for things. And do you feel that way, that you're resilient? Yeah, totally. Gracie being Gracie, she wants to get her master's next. Eventually, she wants to work as a speech-language expert, helping patients in hospitals. She feels like she'll relate well to them because she knows what it's like to feel frustrated when you're not understood or to sometimes feel like you don't have a voice. In May, Gracie still had no idea whether her grad school classes would be face-to-face or virtual. I think the good thing is that I'm already familiar with these professors, so they know me. They know Gracie Baltazar is a deaf individual. So at least they know that. But it's still scary because I'm already nervous about graduate school itself. Everything is a question mark right now. Gracie used to work directly with patients in a clinic, but it's hard to see that picking back up in the fall. We work with children and the older population. Those are the two groups we can't put them in risk. Our clinic is small, it's old, and it's tiny. So. There's easily a lot of contact on the counters when you check in, when you sign in, and um, same client rooms and all of that. Everyone sits in the lobby before they go in for their appointment. So it just was a lot of possible contact. Gracie adjusted to taking classes online this spring. But the fact remains, some of what she needs to learn in graduate school is best done face-to-face. The training's supposed to be hands-on, like learning to diagnose a patient. It just becomes a complicated situation because some classes are not meant to be online. A vaccine for coronavirus is going to take time, and she can't risk getting COVID. So lately, Gracie has been thinking that if her graduate school program goes back to offering classes and client meetings in real life, she might actually ask to stay online. 
I do usually like face-to-face in person, but during this scenario, I can't just go, yay, back to college campus, all right, and sit shoulder by shoulder with students in class. And while she's still no fan of Zoom, she's made her peace with it. The University of Houston recently announced it would give professors an option of doing classes in person, online, or some kind of mix. Gracie's going to have to wait and see what they decide. For now, she'll be spending a lot of time indoors. She's going to use those gift cards she got for graduation to buy some thousand-piece puzzles to do this summer. I'm a busy person. I fidget a lot. So if I'm, I can't, I'm not a good person being able to do nothing. I can't just relax on a couch. I can't. So that's why a thousand piece is awesome for me. And I have a strategy too. I always do the border and then I go do certain areas of colors and stuff. So I like it because it just helps me and, you know, brings my anxiety down. And I especially need that during this time. It also occurs to me that a puzzle doesn't require hearing at all. No, I actually take all my implants sometimes doing a puzzle because my parents like to talk and my cat too. So I'm lost, too much noise going on. Let me take off my implant and just focus on the puzzle. <laughs> Amazing. So that's your moment of zen. Hmm? So that's your moment of zen. Yeah, exactly. You nailed it. Yes, that's what it is. Thanks to Gracie for sharing her story. Do you ever wonder how celebrities order food? Like, is Sarah Paulson a Diet Coke or a regular Coke girlie? (laughs) Some peasant Coke? No. Or how does Sofia Vergara order a pizza? No, no tomatoes. I cannot eat tomatoes. Are you killed mushrooms? Not really. (laughs) If these are the details you need, and I know you do, I have the podcast for you. I'm Jesse Tyler Ferguson, and on my podcast, Dinners on Me, I take some notable friends of mine out to dinners in Los Angeles and New York City. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. That thing was delicious. Every week, we receive emails, messages on Twitter, voicemails from listeners like you, telling us what your lives are like and what you're going through right now. Jordan Busa is a 25-year-old professional violinist living in Long Beach, California. Before COVID hit, he used to make a living playing at weddings and big parties. But when those large events got canceled all at once, so did all of his gigs. So he tried something new. He now offers 30-minute concerts in people's front yards. He accepts donations, but isn't charging a set price. People have been showing unparalleled amounts of support, like support that I never thought I would get like this. Every party has their story, whether it's like the parents' 50th wedding anniversary that they can't properly celebrate, or their child's first birthday, or something really special like that that they can't properly celebrate due to the virus, you know? And that is where their appreciation comes from. It comes from the fact that I can help brighten that occasion in a time that is so dark. That's why people have been so generous. Thanks, Jordan, for sharing your music with us. You can learn more about Jordan's work in the show notes for this episode. 
Telescope is made possible by the world-class team of producers, editors, and engineers that make up Neon Hum Media. John Asante is the managing producer of Telescope. Catherine St. Louis reported this episode. It was produced by Haley Fager and edited by Vikram Patel. Our engineer is Mark Bush. Thanks to Matt McGinley for our theme music and to Blue Dot Sessions for additional tracks you hear on this episode. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Neon Hum Media. You can also join our Facebook group by searching for Telescope. If you like the show, please remember to rate and review on Apple Podcasts. We want to stay connected with you during this unprecedented time in our history, so please don't be shy. Share your stories with us. Our DMs are open. If you have a story about life in isolation because of the coronavirus, we'd love to hear from you. Email us at pitches at neonhome.com. I'm Jonathan Hirsch. Thank you, and we'll see you on Friday.